Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 13 of Wrestle Life Radio. I am Matt Sin, and I'm here with my friend and cousin, Kyle Pauly. Say hello, Kyle. Hello, Kyle. I knew it was coming. Yeah, I've known you long enough. I was just waiting for it. I'm ashamed. I was waiting for it. (laughs) Um, Chris is not here with us tonight. Unfortunately, he will not be on the show tonight, and he will not be on the SmackDown review tomorrow. Um, He had an emergency in his family, and I won't go too deep into it. Uh, for his privacy, but please keep him in your thoughts and prayers. And uh, yeah, so let, we do not have a this day in wrestling history, unfortunately, because I am not that prepared. And plus, I don't want to steal his gimmick. Now, before we get started on Raw, I feel like there's something that I need to address. Last week on the Raw review, you guys heard my beautiful, sweet, loving, caring, humble wife, say some pretty terrible things about me. She said that I severely misrepresented her and that I perjured myself. Basically, what she said was that during the Alexa Bliss match when she feigned her injury that we all remember, I said that she was very upset, my wife was very upset, and that she thought Alexa Bliss was really injured. She denies that claim. Now, let me be honest with you guys. It is entirely possible that I misremembered that segment. Hmm. And the reason that I would be misremembering that segment is because during the Seth Rollins match, or during the Seth Rollins-Brock Lesnar segment, when Brock Lesnar destroyed Seth Rollins and was bleeding from the mouth, she was freaking out. And I believe I also mentioned that in the show. And she's like, I'm afraid he might be dead. The problem with watching this live is I can't Google right now to see if he's okay. And I said, it's okay, honey. He'll be just fine. So I do want to say that I apologize if I misrepresented her in any way. But the way that she spoke to me was, or spoke about me, was not only untrue and severely unjust, but quite frankly, rather rude. So yes, I do, I will issue a public apology, but there will be no Cody Rhodes t-shirt. Mm-mm-mm. So I don't want to talk about the opening of Raw, because I'm, uh, I'm not, not a big fan here. So why don't you tell me how Raw opened? Well, we had a video recap of Seth Rollins' uh, Universal title win, and then Rollins came out. He said uh, he won the match last night, not knowing if he had what it took, uh, even though he's beaten Brock Lesnar already and uh, had the nickname Beast Slayer. Apparently, he uh, that wasn't enough for him. Obviously not. <laughs> but I, I, I guess I get what he's saying that like he wasn't one hundred percent. So, uh, but it was partially his fault for you know getting beat up twice. Um, but then he he went to another level, basically, when the fans came alive, which uh, may, maybe that's what's been happening over the years when fans like clap or cheer and get the baby face going. It just takes them to another level that we, we didn't know about. It's like in video games, right? Like when you taunt in a wrestling game and the, cr- the crowd either cheers or boos, you, your meter goes up. So clearly that's what's happening in real life. Yeah, and so Rollins was... I mean, 
great, but I mean, those fans cheering just took him to uh, like Super Saiyan level or something. Yeah, apparently it didn't make any sense. So, uh, yeah, he said he, he didn't think that uh, he could beat him, but it, fans took him past that level. And um, he said he realized he had what it took to beat Brock Lesnar. And that's why he's sitting here, the Universal Champion. And then the OC come out. Uh, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson. They congratulate him. Uh, but then AJ tells him that uh, he wants to challenge Rollins for a, a match tonight to prove that he's the better champion. Um, Rollins said that he used to specs, respect Styles, but he doesn't anymore. And he says he won't back down from a fight no matter what shape he's in, obviously. Right. <laughs> Since last week. Um, and so and we had the stud in the match between AJ Styles and Seth Rollins for the main event. Yeah, and you know what? I'm a big fan of this. Anytime you can get AJ Styles and Seth Rollins in the same ring, right. I was I was very excited. I thought that it was going to be a really great match. Spoiler alert, it wasn't. But we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so then we go to a backstage segment, and the Street Profits are out there, and Sami Zayn comes up, and he's like, "Hey guys, I understand that you're very excited to be on Raw, but I'm going to talk to you a little bit about reality. These parasite fans." will take all of this away from you. You will you will get worn down by these awful people. And he started naming a couple people. Uh, he named Seth Rollins. He named a couple more. I can't remember. Uh, I wonder if that's uh, Vince McMahon's cry for help after all these years. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but he, he named some people. And uh, I think it was Montez Ford. It's like, well, what about Samoa Joe? And then Sammy goes, Samoa Joe is a perfect example as the camera pans back to see Samoa Joe standing behind him with his arms crossed. And he said, you know what? Uh, Samoa Joe is a perfect example. And he starts going into Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe's like, oh, really? And Sami Zayn turns around and freaks <laughs> well, actually, out. Actually, he just goes, hey! Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. Great. <laughs> it's, it's, Legitimately scared Sammy, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so he, yeah. Sammy's freaking out, and then Samoa Joe says, "I want you to prove to me in the ring that you're more than just Kevin Owens' water boy," and shoves him back into the wall, and heads toward the ring. We cut the commercial. We come back. These guys are heading toward the ring, right? Yep. And uh, yeah, Samoa Joe beat Sammy Zayn in. Like 30 seconds? <laughs> yeah, I think it was a little longer than that, but not yeah. much. Like, I think it was like a minute and a half. It was ridiculous. Um, and I just, I I know we've talked about it before. I don't know what they're doing with Sami Zayn. Since he came back and started doing these, like, incredible promos, he's won one match. One. And that was his tag team match with Kevin Owens. So, he basically always takes the pin. We, we could do a whole podcast on Sami Zayn. But I, I love Sami Zayn, and I just don't get what they're podcast. doing with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would it would just be a podcast about a loser, basically, because that's yeah. exactly what he's become. Yeah, and also Joe uh, was basically the, totally a babyface. Right. All the way up until the very end. Oh, actually, after the, even after the match for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we actually, when, uh, when Raw was happening um, – we were talking with Chris and he was kind of spoiling the show for us as he normally does. Yes. He was watching it live and he kind of said, Hey, Samoa Joe looks like he's turning face. And then a couple minutes later, he's like, 
oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we found out why, because, yeah, Smojo beat Sami Zayn with the Kikina Clutch, like 30 seconds, gets on the mic. He says uh, he, get, he forgives Roman Reigns for pointing the finger at him, but he will never forgive the fans for thinking that he would do such a thing, which I don't think the fans ever accused Smojo of actually being the one to, that was attacking Roman. He uh, he know he knows Roman or you know whatever might have accused him, and even the fan poll that like Michael Cole was talking about, what it was like it didn't even name Samojo. It just said yeah. it wasn't an accident, right? So I don't know what Joe is talking about, and I don't know if you had heard about this, um, but I, I listened to Wrestling Observer uh, Radio and they kind of talked about this. So I'm assuming they have some insight. Um, the thinking behind this was supposedly that Sami Zayn was in Canada. They didn't want him cheered. So they almost teased a Smojo babyface turn so that they wouldn't boo him and cheer Sammy, even though they were still doing his chant during the match a little bit for all 30 sec- seconds of it. Right. And uh, so they had Joe baby- basically play the babyface all the way through and then kind of you know, at the very end, pull the, you know, the rug out from under everybody and be like, oh, nope, never mind. He's still a heel. Yeah. And if that's true, that's just so stupid. Yeah. That was a, that was a really big bummer. And like, I don't mind Samoa Joe staying a heel. I like heel Samoa Joe. But uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really like the way that they have been portraying him. I wonder if they were contemplating turning him face and then just deciding not to do it. You think that might be what happened? I'm not sure, but um, they also pointed out that um, they kind of did the same thing with Alberto Del Rio at one point. Like they kept teasing, turning him face, and he never did. And then when he finally turned face, it didn't get over because everybody's like, well, you know, like fool me once type situation. So I hope they don't keep doing it. Yeah. I I think it would blow up in their face. I hope not too. Let's talk about something really great. The King of the Ring tournament is is returning. Yeah. I like tournaments in wrestling. I love the King of the Ring tournament. Um, you know, I saw something where some people online were, you know, saying, oh, everyone's talking about how all these Hall of Famers are King of the Ring champions, and they haven't all been great. That's true, but most of them have been great. So I'm going to read them off to you. I'm going to read the great ones off to you, okay? Okay. Don Morocco. Mm-hmm. Harley Race. Yep. The Macho Man Randy Savage. Okay. Ted DiBiase. Tito Santana. Twice in a row, Brett the Hitman Hart. Mm. Owen Hart. We're going to skip the next one. We'll come back to it. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. Triple H. I think I know he skipped. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kurt Angle. We're skipping mm-hmm. a couple more. Edge. Brock Lesnar yep. and Booker T. All those are great, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to give you some that are good. All of these are good. Ken Shamrock, William Regal, one mm-hmm. of the greatest wrestlers of all time, super underrated. Yep. Sheamus and Wade Barrett. There has been one, I'm sorry, sorry, two, two stinkers. One of them is a good wrestler. He just, he was just, I don't know, just never really got over. Not great. Two stinkers. You had a kind of stinker in Billy Gunn. Mm-hmm. 
and a terrible, 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 terrible stinker in Mabel. Viscera. Yeah. So so yeah. he was Viscera is the only absolute miserable choice, right? Billy yeah. Gunn, not great. And then again, nothing against these other guys that I didn't put in that first list. I love them all, especially William Regal. But there have been so many good King of the Ring champions, so much more than mediocre ones. So I think that this really can propel you. But the problem is the last three have been Wade Barrett, Sheamus, William Regal. Well, and you also said, uh, you know, most of them have been good. Uh, yeah. I would also say most of them have gone on to have a king gimmick afterwards, which yeah. <laughs> when I read this that or saw that it was uh, coming back and saw the participants, I'd be like, "That's you know, that's great. I hope somebody good wins it. Uh, I really hope they don't do the stupid king gimmick like they normally do. I hope not too, unless it's now, Drew McIntyre who could do like the whole Braveheart thing and just he wouldn't be like a normal king. He'd wear like a Scottish kilt and have the blue face paint. And then, like, he would have pawns below him. That would be great. I'd be okay with that. I mean, it worked out for, like, I know Harley Race kind of played it up. Um, obviously, King Macho Man was a thing. Yeah, Booker um, T, I think, did well with it, too. Well, I was going to say, Booker T might be the most, you know, the biggest success story out of it. Because it, it basically, King Booker, or should I say, King Booker, <laughs> was the uh, one that eventually went and won the title, I think. Yeah. If I remember correctly. So True. Yeah, most of the time the King gimmick does, you know, work out well. But, I mean, there was also King Barrett and King Sheamus. And, you know, was, I, I just feel like it's kind of over, you know, overplayed now to where, like, we've seen it a million times. So I don't really know that it's going to get over. But right, I guess it depends on who wins it, too. Well, we're going to pause the Raw review real quick. And we're going to talk a little more about the King of the Ring. I'm going to give you, there are 16 entrants. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you each entrant, and I want you to grade them from A to F of, of the the chance they have of winning the tournament. Okay. Okay. Baron Corbin. <laughs> uh, I'll give him a D, just because I think he will. Uh, he might win a round or two. They would but... give him that stupid king gimmick. Cesaro. Yeah. I'll give Cesaro a. I'll give him a C. Okay. I I would want him to go pretty far in it, but they've started and like started and stopped his push so many times. Right. I just don't see him winning it. Cedric Alexander. Uh, I'll give Cedric a B. Uh, okay. Because of what he's been doing lately. Okay. Drew McIntyre. Uh, and I think he. Probably the favorite to win, um, just because he's been hot. They're behind him, so I think definitely an A for him. Ricochet. Probably next to Drew McIntyre um, and one other entry that I'll talk about. I think they might be my, you know, picks to you know possibly be winners. So I think Ricochet definitely is an A. Sammy Zayn. Uh, F. Grage set Sami Zayn on chance he's going to win his first match. F. Okay. Samoa Joe. Uh, that's, I think, my final A, because that's that's the three I think have the best chance of winning it. Rick Shea, Joe, or McIntyre. The Miz. Uh, 
uh, I give Miz a C. He'll win a couple matches. Yeah, those are those are your eight raw entrances. Your eight yeah. raw entrants. Let's talk about SmackDown. Cool. Uh, these are in alphabetical order, I guess. I didn't realize that. Ali. Um, I like Ali, and I think he'll stay in it a good while. So I'll give him. I'll give him a C. Andrade. Is Andrade on SmackDown? Sure is. Remember he oh, went yeah. to Raw and went back to SmackDown? He, like, well, he's, like the next week or the next night. Yeah. And he's well, he's he's fought Ray like every Monday. Um Wild Yeah, Carl. so I'm gonna give him a B. Okay. He's got a good, Apo- good shot. Apollo Cruz. Uh D. He might win Buddy. a match, but I doubt it. Buddy Murphy. Uh, I'm gonna give Buddy a C. Chad Gable. Hmm. I love Chad Gable, but uh, I'm giving him a D. Same here. Elias. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll give him a D just because uh, I don't want to see him win very many matches. <laughs> Kevin he's Owens. He's a 24-7 champion, so something might happen. That's Spoiler right. Alert. What, was that? what was the next one? Kevin Owens? Kevin Owens. Uh. I'll give him an A for the SmackDown side. Uh, he's got a good shot. He's going to get screwed by Shane, isn't he? Because he he doesn't that's, need this that's win. What there's I'm no thinking. way he's winning. All reason I'm hung up on him. Yeah, there's no way he's winning. Uh, he yeah. he he might get you know maybe I think he's going to get to the semifinal. Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, F. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Shelton Benjamin has the worst chance of winning. I wouldn't be surprised if he won a match. There's no way he's winning the tournament. Absolutely none. And I believe it was me and Chris that discussed that. That's probably his new gimmick now. Is like. Just staring, so that's like what he'll do when he goes in the ring. He'll just stay, sit and stare, and somebody just roll him up and beat him. That'd be great. Yeah. So, um, I think where our favorites are McIntyre, Ricochet, Samoa Joe, and uh, uh, Kevin Owens. I would really like to see Andrade or Ali win this thing. I think it's better for a heel to win as long as they don't do the stupid, uh, the stupid king gimmick. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I still think Ray and Andrade they're going to do something with them. I do. Too. So for that reason, I, I wouldn't see him winning it. And there's guys like, you know, Ricochet, um, especially Drew and Joe who are kind of, I think they, they would be more likely to win than Andrade. For Just the so you know, topic. Ricochet's Twitter handle is King Ricochet. In case oh, that's, yeah, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to Raw. Now we've, we've talked about the King of the Ring and we'll probably talk more about it as time goes on. Right. Uh, but the Miz fought Dolph Ziggler. And Ziggler comes out and he's like, "Oh man, I'm so hurt. I'm not medically cleared." He comes out in regular clothes. He's like holding his ribs, and because they're in Canada, Dolph Ziggler says, "Miz screwed Miz, and now we can't wrestle because they can't go into Canada without talking about the Montreal screw job." So Miz is like all upset. He he's actually more laughing, right? Like he didn't seem legitimately upset, but mm-hmm. he wants to have the match, and he turns around, and Dolph Ziggler, obviously not injured, jumps him from behind. So they have the match. The match was pretty good, and the Miz beat him with the figure four, right? Made him made him tap out. Right after Ziggler taps out, he gets a microphone, and just like he did at SummerSlam, 
and starts screaming at the Miz, saying that he's not a man and he had to send Goldberg to attack him at SummerSlam. <laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, you know, writhing around on the ground. Like he's just, oh, he can't even stand up. Miz comes well, back, laughs at him, does a skull crushing finale and leaves him on the ground. What was weird though was like Dolph came out and I mean, he got destroyed by Goldberg Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, the night and- before Raw. Yeah, and he was, you know, supposedly acting like he was hurt, and then the announcer was talking about him like feigning injury. It's like, I mean, well, wouldn't he really be injured because he right. just got demolished by Goldberg, like, you know, more than one time? So that was really strange. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Miz coming here, the babyface picking apart the, uh, you know, beating up Ziggler. So that's great. Yeah, it was it was fine. It's nice to see the Miz get some heat back. Like he he was so worthless after losing that Shane feud. Like it made absolutely no sense for him to lose it. Of course, you know that was during Shane's unbeatable run. Right. So it was, it just made him look so stupid. He's hard to buy as a face. Like I can't ever see him as a champion again, ever. Yeah, and so, it definitely as a face. But yeah, um, absolutely not. It was funny though that Duke. <laughs> Ziggler said Miz wasn't even the best wrestler in his family. Maurice was better. That was a good line. That was a good line. Uh, That's funny. Yeah. Um, So after that, we had a backstage promo with Becky Lynch, and it was good, right? Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, She just took the mic from Charlie, which was great, Um, and she just cut a promo saying she had respect for Natalia for some reason. Right. Um, (laughs) We say... We're like killing each other. Natalia nearly injuring her all this time. And I mean, I guess if Becky's like randomly attacking people and somebody does it to her, I guess that could earn her respect. Right. Um, but I'm guessing more so that she was saying that for what was going to come later. But um, so she basically said, she, you know, give you respect. And she advised uh, any other woman that wanted to come after her uh, should come after the her before she got to them or something like that. Yeah. And the way she said it. Well, the reason that she said she respects Natalia is to make it clear that they're both faces again. Right. And that yeah. was the only reason. That's Especially the for reason. what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly the reason Samoa Joe's like, I don't forgive you guys. Like, oh, he's not a good guy. And that's yeah. literally the reason. So. Yeah. I did love, though, that she, uh, after the promo, she's like, thanks, Chuck, and handed the money yeah. back to <laughs> Charlie. I hope more people just start calling her Chuck. Yeah. Be funny. Seth Rollins did it, I think, for a bit. Um, we had Elias come out and he was complaining and he's like, legends always interrupt me. He said, I'm just going to save you some time before I even start playing. Come out now. I'll even give you to the count of three, three, two, one. And was waiting for music. Nothing. And he's like, Oh no. He said, I know you're going to do it. I know someone's going to interrupt me. Someone always interrupts me. I'll count you down again. Three, two, one, nothing. And he says, ladies and gentlemen, this may be a, a historical night because this might be the first night where an Elias concert goes uninterrupted. And I can't remember if he even started to play because Ricochet's music hit and he was super mad. Mm-hmm. And Ricochet says, I want to know your opinion on this because I've seen mixed things and I have feel, feelings on this. Ricochet mm-hmm. says, people don't interrupt you. because What, what was the line? Uh, they don't interrupt you because it's the cool thing to do. Yeah. They do it because, well, you suck. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the crowd popped at this. What did you think of that line? 
uh, that he sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought that uh, it was the greatest line of the night because uh, it was the truest line of the night. <laughs> and uh, we would find that out in just a couple of minutes. <laughs> the the problem, it just, and, and I think he was probably I mean, it was kind of, it was kind of lame. And then Elias said something like, Afterwards, he's like, oh, yeah, he's called it clever. And I was like, really? <laughs> Just because saying he sucks? I mean, it definitely wasn't clever. Uh, I, it did, was, I didn't get it at all. I really yeah, did. Yeah, I mean, it was just a it, – it's like Chris Jericho saying, you know, shut the hell up. It's just yeah. kind of like – Stupid yeah, idiots. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's – you know, he's just like, oh, it's because you suck. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of a – it was a line. It I mean, a little lame, but it's not like, you know, suffering succotash lame. Right. At the same time. So it was whatever. But like I said, it was, it was not only a historic night, like Elias said, um, we come to find out very soon that he indeed does suck. Yeah. So Ricochet pins Elias and Elias's shoulder is clearly off the ground. Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. Am I moving for it? Okay, you go ahead. Yes, because of the level of suck in this match. Okay, go ahead. Talk about it. He messed up a head scissor. <laughs> did you see the head his the head scissor yes, I mess did. up? It was miserable. And not only like Ricochet is like talking to him before the move, he throws him off, and then he just he Ricochet just spins around and lands on his butt, and Elias just completely misses it. Yeah, and then he still sells it. Yeah, the crowd sure boos. Did. And then, as you said, they they kept going, kept going. Uh, Rick Shea has his uh, when he go get his guitar, the referee stopped him, and uh, Rick Shea super kicked him. The guitar's in the corner. Rick Shea goes to the top rope, and Elias kind of goes for the guitar again, but Rick Shea flips over and rolls him up. And for whatever reason, Elias has his shoulder up the whole time. Yeah, and he supposedly he wasn't supposed to have his shoulder up. And he botched the finish. So the announcer, well, the referee counted three, um, but the announcers right away, I guess, because they're told to point the stuff out, were like, hey, his shoulder was up. Elias, his shoulder up. So then they're talking about how bad the ref is. Yeah. And even for the rest of the night, they kept talking about how bad the refs were. Right. And like, one thing like you wouldn't think is possible is having a bad match with Ricochet, but. Um, yeah, Elias proved it. <laughs> yeah, and at the end, like he was sitting there and he was like blaming the ref. He's like, "What are you doing, man? Like, what are you doing? My shoulder was up." And I'm like, "All right, I guess he's playing his character, but I don't know. It was, it was not, it was not good." Um, yeah. What What was good was his next match, which was announced as two out of three falls. And a little part of me is like, "Please let them wrestle during the commercial break. Please don't let there be a really <laughs> quick fall." And it was Andrade versus Rey Mysterio, and the first mm-hmm. fall came in like 34 seconds. And Andrade basically, he, he I think it was a roll-up. I can't remember. Either way, he put his legs on the rope, and Zelina mm-hmm. Vega grabbed his legs so Rey couldn't kick out. So he won the first fall basically immediately. And right. I, I'm like, oh, no. They're just they're doing it again. It's uh. But then they kept wrestling and didn't go to commercial. And I, I think if I remember right, there was even a commercial break in the middle of the match, but it was well after all this and they did keep fighting. So that was, that was nice. Yeah. Um, the, the match was good. You want to tell us anything specific about the match that you really enjoyed or didn't enjoy? Uh, I mean, it was, 
gives a good back and forth. I mean, they've they have such great chemistry. It's almost impossible for them to not have a good match. Yeah, they can wrestle um, every week for all I care. And even for the for the fall being only like thirty seconds or whatever, the first fall like Ray like run rushes uh, Andrade or something, and Andrade gave him that awesome knee. Yeah, like everything these two do is awesome. Yeah, so it's so good. Uh, yeah, so they they're going they're going back and forth. Serio he goes for a frog splash, but Andrade gets his knees up, and then is able to hit the hammerlock DDT and gets the win. So he wins two straight falls in a row. Uh, and the crowd was kind of um, not with it. Right. <laughs> they're kind of like, okay. Um, they're probably a little disappointed. They wanted to see this one go the three falls, but yeah. Um, and then Ray is obviously deflated after the match. So yeah, he had like a little backstage segment and right. he didn't really say anything. He basically said, you know, I've never lost two falls like that in a row in my entire career. I don't really know what's going on in my career and I have to just make sure I can put food on the table for my family. And then he mumbled something about his family a couple more times and then walked off. It was a little strange, See, but as is, long as they do something with it, I'm okay with it. Well, I hated that part because this is a super easy story to write. It's so easy and it wouldn't make Ray look bad where it's, I think this doesn't necessarily make him look bad, but it does make him look good. So he's walking backstage, and uh, was was it Kayla that went and uh, I think so talk with him. She asked him, you know, what was wrong, you know, how do you feel about it, and he was just like, you know, he's like my, you know, basically kept talking about his family, um, saying that you know he didn't know what this did. He he's never been beaten two falls in a row like this before, and he's just like you know down on himself. He's like he's about to cry, which as we know, babyface is crying on live TV is always money. Right. They always get over. Yeah, of course. Like big show. Of course. <laughs> so he's about to cry. And then he's just like my family, my family and just walks away. Hashtag sarcasm. But, yep. Yeah. So to me, I was thinking about this and I'm like, okay, so this happens. I, I'm, I've said it before. I'm an MMA fan. So I watch UFC and this story comes about a lot where older wrestler or older fighters, go in and they might lose a couple towards the end. And people start to think, you know, well, maybe it's their time. You know, maybe they should hang up their boots and they come back for, you know, one more fight. And you're like, why are they coming back? And they're like, well, I don't want to go out on a loss or I don't, you know, I wanted this. I don't want my legacy to be me losing the last streak. I want to come back. So that could be Ray could be like, they, they treat him like, you know, he's losing. So he's going to lose his job in WWE. And then his family's going to starve to death because they're poor like yeah. it just has an overtone of like Ray is hopeless when yeah. it's just like he's a legend. In yeah, I feel WWE. like he's earned his money. He's been wrestling for like twenty. Right, years. so he's he has plenty of money. He was successful in the indie scene. People know that. I mean, not everybody knows that, but you know, most people know that who are wrestling fans. So it's not like they really think that Mysterio's in trouble for this. And so, like he, but he's sitting there saying like, "My family, my poor family," you know, whatever. And it just makes him come off like he's so desperate to, you know, that he has to win. Whereas he could just say, he could even say that I've never lost like this two times in a row. And he's, right. he'd be like, you know, maybe, and even they, they kind of tease, like maybe he needs to retire from like, you know, uh, Kayla asked like, well, what are you trying to say? You know, like maybe teasing a retirement thing. He, they could still do all of that and still say, Ray would be like, 
you know what? Like, I'm definitely, I, I realize I'm at the end of my career, but the last couple of years, I've really made a comeback. You know, I felt great. That's why I came back to WWE because I thought I had one more title run in me, but it just hadn't been going my way. But I can't let this be my legacy. Right. You know, like that is such a great story and people can get behind it. Yeah. And then he could even say my family. I don't want my family to see me like this or go out like this. It's like, to me, it's just so easy. That's the first thing I thought of. And right. <laughs> it's just like, why do they have to always make him just like, he's going to kill himself if he doesn't, you know, beat Andrade. I mean, obviously he want to be important, but like have some context. Like it's Rey Mysterio. He's had a long, you know, decorated career. Losing to Andrade is not, you know, the end of the world. And, but but, no, he, but no. after watching Seth Rollins, that you have to be at your lowest to shoot to the top. He just needs the fans to get behind him, I guess. Because <laughs> just time, just time. He, he needs to go rain. talk to Seth Rollins and be like, "How do I get to the next level, Seth?" <laughs> oh, it's the hyperbolic time chamber. We have to wrestle for seven years or whatever. I, I don't remember. <laughs> I gave it been a long time since so I watched Dragon Ball Z. Um, after that, we had Stone Cold Steve Austin skyping in. I didn't even know he was going to be on Raw. I think they mentioned it earlier in the show. I don't have any idea if it helps. He's the rating. best commentator in years on WWE TV. Yeah. Yeah. So he told such a great story for the Seth Rollins Brock Lesnar feud. Yep. Like way better than Seth did. And I mean, it was basically what Seth said, but way cooler because oh, he's yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> he was basically saying, like, he's been getting his butt whoops for, you know, all these weeks. And, you know, he. He thought he was, you know, he thought he was the beast slayer, but then he came out here and got his butt whooped. And he said, but he needed the crowd to get him, you know, the, the, the next level. You know, he might be Seth freaking Rollins, but, you know, then he got he got his butt whooped and got, you know, found out real quick that, you know, he might be in trouble, but the fans took him over. Like, it was just so great. Like, he did so much better. It was great. Oh, God. He really missed Boston. Yeah. Like, just have him Skype in and record <laughs> yeah. commentary every, every week. week. Just once a week, just be like, oh, I want to put this guy over now. And then he does it. And yeah. Be great. yeah. Basically, all he did was he's like, Seth Rollins is great. Watch my new show. But it was all entertaining. It was short, yeah. right? It was like two or three minutes. And that's all that it needed to be. Right. It was great. It was great. It was yeah. Um, something else that was great. We got Drew McIntyre versus Cedric Alexander. Uh, I think this is a match of the night for it sure. so good. Oh yeah, it was so good. Tell me, tell me some of your favorite spots of this match. Um, uh, I know, I know. They nearly killed each other several times. Uh, so cool. McIntyre did a razor's edge in the turnbuckle. Uh-huh. Um, like he got him, he got Alexander on the top rope and did a um, was it like is it tilt roll slam? That he did Spanish fly. Oh no no no, 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 no. He, yeah 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 oh yeah uh, I can't remember what it what which, it's called but I know what you're talking about. That's one of the hardest bumps of the night. Was, I freaked out over the Spanish fly because you don't really see big guys do it. And right, yeah. like Cedric's up top and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what he's going to do. It's probably just a superplex because that's what everyone does. Maybe he'll do a Hurricane Rana. But right. no, he does a Spanish fly with Drew McIntyre who weighs like 270 pounds or some crap. Like yeah, it was he, absolutely insane. He got up there and they hit it quick too. So like it was like you didn't get to see like they didn't take forever to set it up. He just went up there and hit it and – you know, you, you're not expecting it, so it just blows you away. Yeah. Uh, Cedric Selling was great in this match. Like, he was just wailing in pain when oh, he yeah. uh, he tries to fly to the outside and Drew catches him and does a belly-to-belly suplex onto the, you know, the, the bare floor. And right. 
Cedric's just wailing in pain. I'm like, oh man, it sounds. <laughs> he was probably <laughs> he sounds... legitimately hurting. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it hurt for real. Crap out of each yeah. other. But he's just like he's just wailing, and then uh, they they get back into the ring and uh, they go back and forth some more. Uh, Alexander hit a lumbar check at one point on the outside. Um, yeah, yeah, like oh, that was before the, but that was right before the suicide dive, and yeah. then um, they get back in the ring. Alexander, um, uh, he got uh, McIntyre in a small package for uh, count of two, and hit the Spanish fly. Crowd was going crazy. Um, then they uh, he rolls McIntyre up again, gets two, and then they get up, hit the ropes, and McIntyre hits him with an awesome Claymore kick. Oh, it was one of the best I've ever seen. And uh, there was actually a um, – I think it was New Japan had a – I saw a gif of it. It was like an awesome lariat spot over the weekend. It's probably the best lariat spot. I don't know if you've seen it. <laughs> no, that, but I need to. I need to send it to you. It's okay. like – it's not as – it's it's better than the kick, like if you can imagine it, because it just looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like they saw this and were like, "Well, we're doing this Monday," because and and basically Roman Reigns and uh, Buddy Murphy on SmackDown ended up doing the same thing. But we'll right. talk more about that uh, tomorrow. But um, yeah, <laughs> it was awesome, man. Like it's just a good back and forth match. Um, what do you think about it? I absolutely love the match, and literally. Like I'm sitting here watching it and I'm looking at my wife and I said, this might be like the, I think I've said this a couple times in the past few weeks. I'm like, this is the best TV match I've seen in a long time. And that really, it's really exciting to me because you don't see that kind of stuff very often, right? I mean, for, for months, maybe years, we went through Raw and SmackDown just having mediocre matches on these shows. And it mm-hmm. makes me so happy to see these really good matches come back on free TV, especially against new competition. Sure, I've seen Drew McIntyre and Cedric Alexander over the last couple of weeks, but this was the first real competitive match that we had, and it was just so good. That Claymore at the end where Cedric Alexander did a backflip, it just, oh, it, was, oh, it was money. Yeah, it was great. It was yeah. so good. I mean, and the match didn't even go on forever. No, like, it, it wasn't like it was a 30-minute match. Like, they did all this, and... A limited amount of time, and it was awesome. Yeah, this did I, not I hurt Drew McIntyre, and Cedric Alexander looked so much better than he did. Mm-hmm. It really elevated him. I mean, I'm telling you, you can be elevated with a loss in in certain situations, and this is one of those situations. It was executed perfectly. Right. Yep. Totally agree. So after we come back, that was a commercial break. After that match, we come back, and you hear, "No way, Jose! No way, Jose!" And no way, Jose might be the only wrestler in WWE I hate more than Seth Rollins. No, I'm just kidding. I really, I really can't stand no way, Jose. I, I hate gimmicks like this. I hate stupid dancing gimmicks. Unless your name is Disco Inferno or Alex Wright, I don't want to see it, and I've got no interest in it. And it well, he was great on NXT when he just it was just him and he did the dancing like, and he was just like an entertaining. I was got the stupid he, conga line thing. Ugh. I mean, he's uh, Fandango. Well. Not even Fandango. He's uh, Adam Rose 2.0 with the yeah. the Rosebuds. I mean, the, it's basically all the same. Did he have the conga other. line in NXT? No, yeah. he just he just did. He would come out to his theme song. That's not really the only time you saw him dancing. Yeah, uh, he'd come out, but he, it was even cool. And I actually liked him a lot more in NXT because he wasn't just a guy who danced out to the ring and uh, like then he just like tried to wrestle and have like a. Wrestle. He'd come out of the ring, and then his style 
like in the moves he did were based around his dancing. So he would like his hips would never stop moving. Essentially, that's cool. He's almost like a he's almost like a character on um, Punch Out. Like okay, you know they're they're like a boxer with a gimmick. Yeah, like they but so but they're like you know they they have their gimmick tied into their boxing skills. So right. like if it was the uh, there was a dancer on that you know game as well, and he would like have like you know swaying moves and stuff before he he'd hit you. That's kind of how no no uh, Jose was. He would kind of incorporate footwork and dancing into his moves, and he was usually like the opening match on NXT takeovers or you know something to kind of get the crowd going, and he'd usually win too. Um, I mean, he was good then, and I, they brought him up and just slapped rosebuds with him and. You know, now he is where he is. Well, so. By the way, now he's a comedy dancing actor. He's terrible. And I saw him, and I literally said out loud to my wife, because she knows I don't like him, hmm, I wonder who's going to beat No Way Jose tonight. And it shows Bobby Roode in the ring. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, please. Don't well, don't massacre my boy. And Bobby Roode wins in like 90 seconds. And it was like old, glorious, happy Bobby Roode. And yeah, where's he been? Yeah, exactly. And my wife did say, why does he have the beard? The mustache was great. He should have that. And it gave him a distinct look. And she's she's correct. Maybe that's why they brought him back to TV. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, all right, dude, you got to ditch the mustache. Grow the beard back out. And we'll put you on TV. Until then, chase after the 24-7 title. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe that's maybe that's the thing, too, is he's been getting so much cardio from the 24-7 title chasing it around. <laughs> now he's ready to go back in the that's ring. That's terrific. That's terrific. Speaking yeah. of the 24-7 title, the next match was the Revival versus the Lucha House Party. I don't think either one of them got an entrance, if I remember right. And yeah, uh, probably not. It, it, it ended with a no contest because R-Truth and basically every goober on the roster ran into the ring. Uh, and the Revival and the Lucha House Party started attacking them because they interrupted their match, right? Right. But it turns out, that Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder hits a heart attack on... They have a name for it, don't they? I call it the heart attack, but... Uh, the Shatter Machine? Yeah, I, th- I think it's what it is. And so they they hit that on, the, on R-Truth, and they became the first 24-7 co-champions. I'm like, this could be really cool, but <laughs> it did not last very long. It was cool for a couple it seconds. It was cool for a few <laughs> seconds, because... Uh, R-Truth pins things happen but it doesn't really matter all that matters is R-Truth pinned one of them he ran away they still have the championship they all, they yeah. then cut to a and it was later in the night but we're going to go ahead and talk about it there was a backstage segment where R-Truth and Carmel- Carmella are like you know they've gotten away right and they're like panting and you know they're they're tired and you see Elias stalking in the background with a guitar and he like mm-hmm. motions for a referee to come over and smashes our truth with the guitar and gets the pen. One, two, three. Now Elias mm-hmm. is now the three time 24 7 champion. I honestly forgot he won it the first two times when this I happened. forgot. I thought, <laughs> I remember he won it once. Like I saw him hit him and I was like, I was like, oh man, Elias has finally decided to go out to the title and he pinned him like three time champion. I was like, huh? Yeah. I remember one <laughs> I completely time, forgot. I forgot the second time. I still don't remember the second time. I, yeah. I just remember the first because it happened. Matter of fact, I think both of them might have happened like on the same night. Because Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon were in the ring. 
I don't know. Mm, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. It was so long ago. It's a 24-7 title. It's for, it's for lulls. Okay. Um, so then, Our truth is already like a Ric Flair level champion. I'm telling he's so. 13 times, I think. He's tied with Randy Orton. Just uh, slightly different belts. Right. So Natalia comes to the ring. And she, she gets, oh, you forgot to, um, what a, uh, actually, I think right before the revival, they had uh, Charlie interviewing Heyman, and he just made the quick right. announcement that right. uh, Brock Lesnar gets no more rematches against Lesnar. I mean, uh, Rollins, and uh, Heyman's just kind of speechless, and then ran back in his room. Yep, but that's an important thing that Lesnar apparently gets no more rematches. So I think the only thing we can assume is watch out, Kofi Kingston. Um, it, well, is Lesnar, I, I guess he could do the wild card. I mean, Lesnar can do whatever he wants, right? Yeah. I think probably. they're going to want Lesnar when, when Fox gets smacked down. So I, and that's true. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Um, so Natalia comes to the ring and she doesn't get, she gets a pretty decent pop, but she's getting some booze too. And it was surprising. She's got her arm in a sling and she talks mm-hmm. about how it's been one year since her dad, Jim Neidhart passed away. And yeah. uh, she was talking about Becky Lynch and that they will do it again. And then, I'm really sorry Chris isn't here for this episode. Sasha Banks returns to the, the WWE. Boss. The boss. And then, mm-hmm. since, Sasha, yeah, yeah, since, since Sasha Banks <laughs> is on TV, you know those three beautiful words that Michael Cole says every single time. It's boss time! Every time. I mm-hmm. hate it so much. So she comes out. She gets her face pop. She's she's so happy to be back. She gives Natalia a hug. Natalia's kind of crying because she's whispering stuff in her ear. And she attacks Natalia. Now let me note, Natalia did say that she had a dislocated elbow or shoulder, something. Uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's not actually dislocated, so it doesn't matter. It's a storyline. And uh, Sasha Banks beats her down. And she tears off her purple wig, revealing blue hair. Mm-hmm. Because heels wear blue, I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't know if this is supposed to like signify a character change to her or something. So I think she found the level beyond Seth Rollins' level, and she became a Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan Blue. Was it yeah. Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan, or something? I don't know. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. I, I, I tried to say it, but I think I said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. Yeah, SSGSS. So Sasha yes. Banks, it is SBSSGSS. And uh, she she beats down she beats down Natalia uh, for quite some time actually, and some of the crowd were chanting, "Thank you, Sasha." And I'm like, "Is this Canada? This is Natalia. She is a heart. Like, give her some respect." Mm. And then Becky Lynch comes out, and they start brawling, and Natalia gets the better of her and starts beating her down with a chair. And I, well, I mean, it's it's kind of what you get when you make Natalia the heel. And like you want her to be a heel in Canada, so yeah. you make her this dastardly, and then try to send her out there the next night, and then try to say her dad, who really died, like try to get sympathy. Like the fans were just obviously Jim Neidhart really died, but the fans don't care mm-hmm. at this point. They're just like, all right, we don't, you know, whatever. Yeah. It was just they tried, but that's what. You, why would you make Natty such a heel and then try to turn it around, like? Uh, I don't get it. It was just super cheap to try and take advantage of his real death to be like, you know, and then the crowd just wasn't into it. So I was like, well, it's you, you try to play this into the story and, you know, a a wrestling show, which is supposed to be 
you know, make believe or, you know, scripted and you try to bring like real death into it and then the fans don't go with it. It just looks terrible. Right. Well, so here's why Sasha Banks is going to beat Becky Lynch for the title. Mm-hmm. Becky Lynch doesn't have a lot of other challengers to turn to. And I'm going to tell you, and this is my personal opinion of the top tier of women's wrestlers in the WWE right now. Okay. These are the ones, not necessarily the best wrestlers, but the ones that are uh, clearly main eventers, right? And I'm not including Ronda Rousey because she's, uh, I think she's gone for quite some time, may never return. So, yeah, she's trying to have a baby. Yeah. So it's probably going to be a while. Becky Lynch. Mm hmm. Charlotte Flair. Asuka, who, gosh, what is she doing right now? No, no, no. Asuka's a main eventer. She's just stuck in a terrible, 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 terrible tag team. And it's weird, too. They, like, um, I saw something like a SmackDown, like, thing the other day that was, like, all the top stars, and Asuka was on it. And I was like, I mean, she could be there, but not the way you've been booking her. Exactly. So, so yeah. Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Asuka. Right. Alexa Bliss. I, yeah, a, I think she could be a main eventer. Yeah, I think that's it. I think Sasha Banks is on that cusp of being a main eventer. I think Bailey. Did you say Bailey? No, I think she's on that cusp of being. She's right there, but she's right. just not good on the mic, man. So you got to hide that stuff somehow. I, I just, I don't really. Am I forgetting anyone obvious? I mean, not, mm. not Natalia, not Ember Moon. I mean, others, a lot. Mandy yeah. Rose. Like you have those like third level people. But Hopefully I think not Lacey Evans. Uh, no, gosh. So I, I think Sasha Banks will defeat Becky Lynch here, uh, and Becky Lynch will probably come back and be victorious over whoever she wrestles at WrestleMania. Um, I think this will be a long feud. I'm really excited for it. I think it'll be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of agree. Um, I think it's well, it's it'll be interesting to see how they do with you know deal with Sasha because she she did up and leave and. Um, I mean, the last person that did that didn't come back, as in CM Punk. Um, they're just like up and left. Right. He didn't come back, even though Vince was kind of begging him to. So Sasha actually did come back. And we've seen in the past where guys kind of acted like they were going to leave and then they were talked back and then maybe got like a slight push and yeah. then went straight back down. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. Uh, but yeah. I kind of agree. I think that she'll probably be the one to be Becky Lynch and they'll have a good feud. Right. Um, but I'm, Hey, me and Chris are talking about, you know, um, her being heel. She needs to be the boss heel character. So, and like, like you said, Chris was marking out when this happened. He let us know. <laughs> so, yes, he did. Um, but he didn't tell us in fairness to Chris. He, he didn't was like, please let me know when you watch raw. Yeah. He was, <laughs> he was marking out pretty hard. So, um, I know he's going to be excited for this. Yeah. Uh, the Viking Raiders beat some jobbers. I didn't watch it, and I refuse to watch any of these matches until they wrestle people that matter. Matter of fact, on the review, on the recap show, or on the recap article that I'm reading right now, it says the Viking Raiders defeated jobbers again. That's it. And they moved on to the next match. That's what we're going to do, because I'm sick of yep. this, and I'm over it. Yep. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross wrestled the Kabuki Warriors. This match was pretty good. It was pretty good. It, it was yeah. a little weird to me. I don't know. Just seeing Asuka not be not be Asuka, it just bothers mm. me. And I love Asuka and I love Kyrie Sane. I hate this tag team so much. I hate it so well, much. And, uh, yeah. Well, they could be great. Uh, oh, they are great. You know, definitely They're as individuals. They're both great. And they do a good job with each other. But it's They're just a good dumb. team. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, and it's never it, made sense. And Paige makes it worse. Yeah, but was she, she was was she even out there? No, she wasn't. They had, she had some video saying that right. was she had to have surgery, so she couldn't uh, she couldn't do it. Right. So um, so she wasn't out there, and then like Oscar and Kyrie saying they look good as a team, and it was a good back and forth match. Um, but then at the very end, like Bliss straight up outsmarted them, yeah, and beat them clean. Like that's what happens. Like she got the tag. They didn't see it, and she kind of snuck from the outside, and that kind of led to what would be the finish. Um, there's stuff that happened in between there, like um, Oscar kicking the post, and then uh, yeah. you know, kind of being a two on one where Cross hit same with her neck breaker finisher, and then Bliss hit the twisted Bliss. But but really, um, like you know, the I guess Bliss and Nikki Cross were heels in this match, but they just straight up outsmarted Oscar and Kyrie Sane and just made them look weak. So they really need to split them up and let them do their own thing. Yeah, um, I agree. They're a great tag team, but I mean, if they're not going to make them tag champs, then, you know, yeah, just I agree. let it's them just, do their own it's thing. It's wasted and there's no reason to do it. Um, I do want to talk about the finish and something that really bugged me. And this happens in a lot of other matches too. So Nikki right. Cross hits the swinging net breaker and Kyrie Sane's like basically on the apron, right? Not really, but she's really close to it. And right. we tag in Alexa Bliss. And like uh, Kyrie saying like moves like three feet over and like positions herself to get hit by the twisted bliss. And I'm okay with people just kind of slightly moving. Right. I mean, I understand part of it's about protection and part of it's about, you know, getting yourself positioned, but man, it was, wasn't even close. Like she basically had to almost get up and crawl over there. I don't understand why Nikki cross couldn't have just dragged her over. It would have looked so much better. Or like, I mean, that could she could have dragged her over, or Kyrie saying like could have rolled around like in pain, and then kind of I don't, I mean, I guess it's because maybe it was uh, since it was Nikki Cross's finisher most of the time, like she kind of wanted to not move, but she could have like rolled around in pain a little bit, and yeah. you know, plus the twisted bliss is not a move like a four fifty where it's got to be dead accurate, like exactly. she. The way she does it, she can twist her body in the air to wherever she needs to go. Um, like it's really designed to be easy to hit. So, yeah, yeah it was yeah, it was strange and yeah, it was just it was also weird too because on SummerSlam, Alexa and Nikki were basically the baby faces against uh, the Iconics. Yeah, and Corey uh, not Graves like baby faces, com- but. Yeah, Corey Graves was complaining about Alexa Bliss, and he said, I want the goddess. I don't want this Buzz Lightyear knockoff. And then as she's entering, he's apologizing, and he's like, oh, I texted her and apologized and told her that I was out of line. I'm like, all right, well, they're clearly the hills again then. Right. Sometimes things <laughs> so, are so obvious with WWE. Yeah, and, and it's, like I said, when they won the belts, um, I mean, I, I kind of wish after this you know, this match that Oscar and Kyrie wouldn't have had this match because it didn't do, any, you know, do them any favors, but – I it also doesn't really make sense for Bliss and Cross to be the champions because there's no other Raw tag team uh, women's like team. There's no right. All of them have been on SmackDown, um, so I don't know. It's strange kind of what they're doing right now, but we'll see where it goes. They yeah. might. That's what well, I was kind of thinking. It might lead to Bailey and Sasha reforming, but obviously that's not happening anymore. So yeah, it doesn't need to though. That. <laughs> that that's been that's been told. Right. That story's been told. But there's no other teams on Raw for them to go up against. Yeah. Um, they're going to have to make one, I guess. Uh, but 
Maybe they can call some people up from NXT. Well, but, they just um, had three, and they beat them all in the same match. So, right. I don't know. They'll probably wrestle <laughs> Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville next week, and they're just going to go through them, and then I don't know where they're going to go from there. But right. We had the main event next, and it was right. Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson were out there with AJ, and uh, they wrestled for a couple minutes. Not very long, right? Right. And uh, they basically what happened was Carl Anderson was on one side of the ring, and he distracted the ref. Uh, Seth Rollins climbs up top, and Luke Gallows pushes him off the top rope. Well, the ref turns around. He sees that AJ's still down and that Seth Rollins has fallen off. And he clearly says, oh, it had to be Luke Gallows. And even though he was right, this isn't very consistent. But whatever, <laughs> I was fine. So he banned them, and I'm like, cool, now we're going to have a really good Seth Rollins versus AJ mm-hmm. Styles match. Well, no, we're and not. The commentators were like, oh, the first call the refs have gotten right all night. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> ragging on the refs. I'm like, yeah, okay. So, so uh, Anderson and Gallows turn around, and then they're like, nope. They slide into the ring and immediately attack Seth Rollins. And match is over. He wins by DQ. I was very disappointed because I really enjoyed their their pay-per-view match a couple months back. And I was hoping they could recreate that and put on another good match. So they're they're beating down Seth Rollins and uh, Ricochet comes out, which makes sense. Because Ricochet right. and AJ Styles have a history. They just wrestled the night before. And baby faces have friends. Exactly. Which is which is good. Or helping write the show. Yeah, which is good. Yes. So Ricochet, he gets a couple hits in, and then Luke Gallows throws him out of the ring. And they start to beat down Seth Rollins again. And Braun Strowman's music hits. And Braun Strowman comes down and destroys everybody. All the bad everybody. guys, all three of the OCs, everybody. Just destroys done. them. <laughs> yeah, they're done. Yeah. So then he goes and grabs the Universal Championship and climbs in the ring and hands it to... Or, holds it out to Seth Rollins, who like kind of looks at him like he's all offended, like God forbid someone help him, right? And mm-hmm. so he looks, and then uh, because he doesn't take it immediately, Braun Strowman's like, all right. So he looks down at it, and he's admiring it because he's like, this is a beautiful piece of piece of hardware here, which it's not, by the way. It's not very nice. It's nice. a nice logo on, yeah. this, on this piece of leather. On this, on this red piece of leather. And so he's like, you know what? I, I, I just wanted to take a quick look. You have it back, buddy. And so Seth Rollins takes it, and then Ricochet gets back in the ring, and they all celebrate. And I'm assuming this is probably going to lead up to a six-man tag main event next week. Yeah, uh, sure. I, we would just assume, right? That's the way it's going to go. It was... Wait, did they, didn't they announce a, um, Braun Strowman versus AJ Styles for the title next week? Well, if they did, I didn't see it. Uh, well, go ahead. I'll, I'll look at it. I think I saw that somewhere. Okay. Okay, so yeah, ahead. that's basically how it. that's basically how it ended with the the three faces in the ring, all hands held high, very happy. Uh, it, it was fine. It was just fine. We gave Braun Strowman something to do. It's nice, you know. He wasn't on the uh, he wasn't on SummerSlam. Uh, I just think about the people thinking back of the people that were not on SummerSlam is is weird. Daniel Bryan and Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. That's a whole another conversation. But yeah, that's Bobby how. Lashley, um... Baron Corbin, thank God. But, Lacey Evans, you know, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was also, um, yeah. So apparently it was one of the raw exclusives on the other YouTube, I guess. Okay. Styles, after they got attacked, went backstage and challenged Braun Strowman to a U.S. title match next week. So 
It is Braun Strowman versus AJ Styles for a title match. But I wouldn't be surprised if OC got involved and then that led to the six-man tag match. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. That's, yeah. yeah. But uh, this this week's Raw, it's, uh, a lot of ups and a lot of downs. What what do you think, Kyle? What would you grade it? Um, I mean, there were some questionable things on the show, but honestly, it wasn't like, you know, Maria and Mike Kanellis in the OG or gynecology office. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that level bad this week. There were, you know, a couple things that, you know, were kind of questionable, but all in all, I thought it was fine. Had some really like the Cedric Alexandra and the, um, Drew McIntyre, Ray Andrade was great again. So I'll give the show a B minus. Yeah. I thought it was good. I think looking back at the show on paper seems a lot worse than it was. While it was happening, I really enjoyed it. Um, just, just the, the lows were so low. Like, oh, I'm so sick of the Viking Raiders just destroying jobbers. It makes no sense. I love Oscar yeah, and Kyrie Sane, but please just tear them apart. And I was so disheartened by the main event. Uh, but gosh, well, there, there were spots like the you know Natalia's doing her dad's death thing, and then gets when she gets attacked by Sasha, yeah. that was kind of weird. And then um, Samojo's face turn, and then you know, but not face not face turn. turn. Yeah. So there's like some weird things, but nothing that was like bad to where I was like, this is so stupid. But boy, that like, Drew McIntyre Cedric Alexander match. I mean, my gosh, I'm actually going to 100 yeah. agree with you this week. I love the Sasha Banks return. I love that match. Um, the show was fun. I'm also going to say B minus. I think it was, yeah. I think it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah. all right. So we're going to play a game of keeper cut here. So I'm going to give you five tag teams or guys or ladies. And I want right. you to tell me if you would keep them, cut them or, and, and why now this is as if okay. you were a WWE executive. All right. Mm-hmm. Number one. Fandango. Uh, so we kind of talked about Tyler Breeze. Um, we did. I uh, believe last week. And I kind of looped him in to that. Uh, and I'll do it again here. Uh, they, they're kind of on NXT now. And I think they're starting to do a makeover with, with those two. But I like them together. And I like them. Uh, like I said, I enjoyed what they did on the um, – the fashion police, like the the fashion files segments, so they're an entertaining team. Uh, but so, but even if they decided to you know split them up and do them as singles, I still both in, you know enjoy them both. So uh, I would keep Fandango. Okay, maybe package them differently. But I mean, honestly, it was fine as you know Fandango with like a twist to it, not the same dancing guy that he was when he first came in. But um, but yeah, I'd keep him. Okay, Ruby Riot. Uh, it is concerning that she's had multiple shoulder injuries. Yeah. Because shoulders are one of those things that doesn't get better. Uh, you can have surgery and stuff, but it's it's one of those things that, like, you know, the more it gets hurt, the more likely it is to get hurt again. So it's a concern. But she's good in the ring. Um, I really liked the Riot Squad. I, did too. I thought they were really. I hate that I they, thought they were coming. Up. I really hope they bring them back when she comes back. Me too. Because um, they're not doing anything with Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan. And they seem to all they love breaking up tag teams for no reason. I know sometimes. they've always done that. I don't get it. And yeah, I mean they did it with 
Cass and Enzo, and it was the death of both of them. Um, Chad Gable and uh, American Alpha, Chad Gable and um, what's his name? Kurt Angle's son. son, Yeah, Jason Jordan. (laughs) Uh, Jason Jordan. Yeah, uh, they broke them up, and Chad Gable's around, but Jason Jordan's hurt, and they don't ever wrestle again. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I don't. I don't get why they the, the one time they do need to break up tag team Oscar and Kyrie Sane they won't do it um, yeah they might not do it but uh yeah so um I don't even remember who we were talking about now I've said so many different names Ruby Riot oh Ruby Riot <laughs> um yeah so when she when she comes back from injury I hope they bring the Riot Squad back um, but she's a good wrestler on her own and I thought she she definitely needs work on the mic but I thought she was. She's got a, a good another run in her. See how she she'll do before I'm like ready to cut her. She's not. She hasn't overstayed her welcome like Alicia Fox or anything. Okay. All right. Uh, Sin Cara. The uh, the real one or the or the, the current Sin Cara. Sin Cara. Right, the one that says his name. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean nobody remembers him. Like, yeah. I, when's the last time he's been on TV? I don't remember. I don't think he's. Yeah, like he might not even. They might just be redoing him. Um, I mean, obviously, the real Sin Cara is not there anymore. Yeah. Uh, Mystico, he's, uh, you know, wrestling all over the world now. Watch so, go. right. So, <laughs> uh, he just had a horrible time in WWE. But the Sin Cara thing was, you know, a good idea to start with. It just ex- executed poorly and the real one's gone. Like, it's just cut him. Yeah. Um, not necessarily Hunico. They could well actually no, I take that back since he's has a history of getting in fights backstage and having a short fuse. So yeah. cut him too. Okay. <laughs> cut them all. All right. Now here here's an interesting one. Okay. Natalia. Hmm. If I think she's fine to stay as a competitor for a couple more years. Um if she has another injury or something anytime soon, um, I wouldn't cut her, but she would make an amazing NXT coach. Yes, she would. So I think that would be kind of the career path she should be looking for. Cause she's really doing that. And I think that's why she's been around for so long. I don't think the company's ever really, um, thought of her as like the leading woman. She, they, she's always been a really important piece and a, you know, good worker, um, I mean, she's there to wrestle Ronda Rousey and um, to wrestle Becky. That's why she did it at SummerSlam because, you know, she's solid in the ring. Right. But she's she's got a future as a good coach. And um, she, like I said, she's basically been doing it the last couple of years, kind of bringing these young girls up, um, like working with – I think she worked with Dana Brooke when they brought her up. She worked with Lacey Evans. So that's kind of why she's there. So That's, uh, that's not giving um, her a very good endorsement there. <laughs> well, she did what she could. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all kidding yeah. aside, I actually didn't think of that. Um, I think that's a great idea. It's a great career path. Yeah, and, you know, she can continue to wrestle, and that's fine. But she's she's thirty seven, and that is not old. But for a WWE women's wrestler, it's kind of old. Like until this this revolution, like they, they cut them at like thirty. It's like a running back in the NFL, right? Once you hit thirty, you are no longer right. a WWE diva. So I'm glad that they are over that. I really like right. Natalia, and I hope she wrestles for a few more years. But, yeah, I think that would be a really cool place for her. Yep. 
I think so. I think that's the way to go. I mean, and even if, like I said, if they want to keep her a couple more years, um, she's fine in her role. Um, and I think she kind of knows that, uh, obviously you want to try to work to be the best, but right. that's, I think she's kind of in that role of, you know, and it's an important role and she should take pride in that. Cause I think they respect what she does. Um, so she could keep her role for a couple more years, I think, but, um, I wouldn't cut her because she's an asset either way. I agree. Okay, cool. And then one more. It's a tag team. Mm. The Major Brothers, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Hmm. Uh, I would cut them. Okay. I, uh, I've, I've kind of felt since... It was really since the whole John Cena, Kane, and E. Taurus thing, like... They just killed Zack Ryder. They sure did. Um, he did have a little bit of a chance at something when he won the Intercontinental title, but then they just beat him right back like a couple weeks later, and it's just like, he's done. Yep. Like, I, and even you could tell because when they won the tag titles with him and Kurt Hawkins, it could have been a really good story. Yep. But They botched it. N- nobody really believed, like they weren't really behind him because they were like, we kind of heard this or we've seen this before. You know, it's... So it was nice for both of them. Um, and I enjoyed his, you know, intercontinental title win. I'm glad they won the tag titles together one last time, but they could do, and that's the thing. I don't think they're done career wise. I think they could do a lot more and have a lot more fun outside of WWE. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like a lot of people are, you know, having right now, but, um, I, I'm not sure Zach Ryder. I, I think he's, he's happy being where he is. Um, he enjoys it. Uh, Obviously, his um, fiance, I don't know if they're actually married yet. Uh, she's in NXT, so he'll probably want to stay around, you know, and, you know, since she's got her career in WWE now. So he'll probably stay, but I think they would have more fun outside of WWE. Um, and I would cut them because I think there's not much more you could do with them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been Russell Life Radio, episode 13. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Kyle, how can we find you on social media? Uh, I'm on Instagram at kyle.poly. And I'm actually, I've found out, <laughs> re-found out, I'm on Twitter at thekylepoly. The uh, Kyle Polly. Yes, and I uh, never check it. <laughs> I'm not even sure I'm logged in on it. <laughs> Um, but if you want to find me on there, go ahead. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> it's there. You can follow. You can follow Chris at uh, at Chris Cumby on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at Wrestle Life Matt, and you can follow us all at Wrestle Life Pod on Twitter and Wrestle Life Radio on Instagram. Uh, I also want to plug uh, uh, a friend of the channel. So some of our friends do a movie podcast called Film Twits. And you can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and I don't think they have Twitter. So Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and then check out the show. If you're listening to us, you can find them on the exact same uh, uh, whatever website or app you're using to listen to this podcast. Again, they're Film Twits, uh, and they're three really funny guys, and they, they're they great. Please go check them twits out. Twits is in T-W-I-T-S? Yeah, Film Twits, because they're Sweet. all a bunch of twits. Sweet. So we're going to do some cross-promotion stuff with them pretty soon, and, and uh, more will be announced on that. But... Again, one last time, thank you so much, guys. We will see you tomorrow for WWE SmackDown. We miss you, Chris.